This is Neil Erwitz with the Center for New American Security. Uh, we're here today with Paul Shari, the director of our Technology and National Security Program, who's going to be talking to us about artificial intelligence and a lot that's happened. Uh, Paul, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So most recently, um, Putin, Vladimir Putin, said that whoever uh, leads in in artificial intelligence will rule the world. Is he overstating the power involved in artificial intelligence, or is he basically right? I think he's on point on this one. Um, what we're seeing is a tremendous um, wave of machine intelligence or artificial intelligence. It's very powerful. Um, I look at it as something akin to another industrial revolution, something that we've heard from, from a number of people looking at this space. And um, for a country to lag behind in that would, I think, be strategically disastrous. So, yeah, if we're looking at something like another industrial revolution, whoever comes out on top and uses this technology best is really going to benefit them. So uh, Elon Musk, more or less in response to uh, Putin's comments, said that uh, artificial intelligence is the most likely cause of World War III. Was that an overstatement, or are the risks here, the downside risks, really that acute? Well, we've talked before um, about um, some of the concerns that Musk has raised about artificial intelligence uh, maybe running amok and, and causing problems. I think something worth keeping in mind here is that um, you know, when you talk about another war, um, that's not just about um, a safety risk. That's also looking about security risks that could come from people deliberately using artificial intelligence for harmful means. Like so, what? Well, um, like maybe cyber weapons, right? Um, you know, if we could use AI to, um, to analyze big data, certainly governments and militaries could use that for all sorts of harmful purposes. Um, now, on the flip side, the head of AI for Google said, slow down. You know, it's irresponsible to talk about it as though, you know, we're going to hit iRobot in the next, you know, six or seven minutes here. Is, is he right? Does he have a point? Or do we really need to be focusing on something that could spiral out of control? Yeah, I mean, I think what's, what's hard in these conversations about AI risk is you have people coming from a variety of different perspectives, and they're talking about um, uh, sometimes different things, right? What Musk is generally speaking about when he talks about AI risk is really long-term challenges, not something that's in the near term, but what might be possible maybe decades down the road if AI continues to advance at the pace that it is now, which it might not, right? It might peter out. Um, that's definitely possible. And a lot of AI scientists have been very dismissive about this, saying, look, in the near term, you know, I've seen those movies too, but they're not going to, AIs are not going to rise up against us. Machines aren't going to turn on us. Um, and I think that's a bit of a, a cartoon oversimplification. Um, you know, like any new technology, there are risks in thinking about how to use it and employ it safely. Um, and there are some near-term safety problems with artificial intelligence or machine learning, sometimes maybe learning the wrong things. Um, when you have, you know, a, a, a machine that's being used in a really controlled setting. It's you know playing a game on a computer, and it learns something clever and creative and maybe not what you want. 
it's amusing and entertaining. It might not so be amusing if a country develops a cyber weapon and then they lose control of it or it does something unexpected. And I think that's an important component to add to this mix, which is, look, Google was thinking about this and other AI companies from the perspective of they want to use this technology to benefit humanity um, and maybe make driving safer or analyze healthcare records better. They're looking at it at things that are just, just really beneficial. But you got to keep in mind that there are people like Vladimir Putin out there who are going to use this technology to do things wait, that wait, he may like. He, he's not using it just to analyze medical records? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Putin's out to just like sort of save lives and make the world a better place. And this is a really open technology area, right? Anyone can get their hands on this and figure out how to apply this. So, you know, Russia may not be the leader in inventing new AI concepts and research, but they certainly have the capacity to take this technology and adapt it. Um, just like people adapted, you know, the internal combustion engine to build tanks and submarines and airplanes. Let me ask a kind of related question then. Is the concern that um that we would get into a sort of automatic tit-for-tat before any human was able to put a safety break on this thing, that our AI would respond to a perceived hostility from Russia's uh, AI, even though Russia didn't intend um, to, to be hostile and in 10 minutes were at war, even though no human looked at it. I mean, I think um, when you start to look at this technology in the national security context, Yes, those are the things that you have to start to think about um, because you're in a competitive dynamic where countries are trying to get an edge and there might be an advantage of being a first mover or reacting quickly. Um, we've already seen in stock trading that this has led to you know, a race in speed um, and machines making trades in, in milliseconds, um, companies doing everything they can to shave off the time it takes for them to execute a trade down to microseconds. Um, and the result has been that you can have interactions among these stock trading bots that happen so quickly and it speeds that people can't possibly react, like flash crashes. Um, the way that the stock traders and the financial regulators have dealt with this is they create these circuit breakers to stop trading um, if, if the price moves too quickly on a stock. But there's no, you know, there's no referee to call timeout in war. And so if you have um, Russia or other countries, say, using cyber weapons, offensive and defensive, and you start automating things because you say, well, you know, I need to in order to be able to respond, you could, I mean, it's conceivable, I think, to imagine, particularly in, in domains like cyberspace, we have things happening at machine speed um, in, in time frames of, say, milliseconds, faster than human reaction, that you could have these interactions that begin to, to spiral out of control or happen in ways that humans did not expect. Um, and I think we need to keep that into account as we think about how this technology is, is going to be used and implemented. It's not only going to be for beneficial purposes, and we've got to really be prepared for that. Speaking of the beneficial uh, purposes or lack thereof and, and competition, and this will be the, the last question, um, you wrote a piece not long ago uh, talking about how it's going to be very hard for the internet national community to regulate these, that with the use of AI, it's very easy to imagine a race to the bottom. Do you still have that fear? 
I, mean, I think, you know, this is one of the, I think, the unknowns um, in this space is right now there are some unsolved safety problems. And so um, most of the AI research is going towards making the technology better. And we've seen in the past couple of years um, more money being spent. Um, and Musk in particular really has, has opened up his pocketbook and is a, a funder of an organization called OpenAI. He's put uh, $10 million towards AI safety research. So he's, um, you know, despite what people think about his claims one way or the other, I mean, he's really tried to push the boundaries, uh, push the ball forward on funding AI safety research. But there's still much more um, money going towards making AI better, right? So this would be kind of like people focusing all their attention towards making cars faster, but no one's paying attention to things like seatbelts and airbags, right? And those are important. So it's like the too. 60s. Yeah, right? Like, And we went through an era like that with automobiles. It was kind of dangerous, right? And then we ended up with things like um, uh, seatbelts and regulation and standards. And so I think, you know, we're at an early stage of the technologies development with AI where there's going to have to be some equivalent of that, right? Some equivalent of the seatbelt and the airbag. But it's going to take some time to figure out what that is. And we need to, to add that in too. Now, the danger is in a national security context where you may have domestic regulation but not international regulation. And where, Putin doesn't care about seatbelts. Maybe Putin doesn't care about seatbelts, right? And so so maybe that's fine if this if the seatbelt doesn't make the car slower, right? And this is one of the unknown challenges is um, are there some safety restrictions that might make AI safety safer, but maybe less capable in some way, right? And then, then you might say, look, um, I've got to take my cars out to the track and race my competitor, but he's, take, he's stripped out of the airbags and seatbelts, and he gets a little edge, and so I've got to do the same. And this, this concept of a race to the bottom in AI safety um, is, I think, a valid concern to think about in the national security space. Well, thanks, Paul. Um, here's hoping we're we continue to talk about this under the right circumstances, not the wrong ones. Yes, thanks very much.